This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, Sharjah's Africa Institute is about to launch its first scholarly and cultural season this weekend at Africa Hall. To kick off the opening season, leading Ethiopian scholars are going to be there giving talks and musicians will be performing at Africa Hall, celebrating the history and the culture of Ethiopia. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by the director of the Africa Institute, Dr. Salah Hassan, who will be giving us more details on their exciting new programs next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local all day, every day. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. The Ethiopia Modern Nation Ancient Roots season is about to launch with a two-day program of events this weekend, October 11th and 12th at the Africa Institute. It all marks the start of the first scholarly and cultural season this month in Africa Hall, Sharjah, with a dynamic program that includes a lecture on Ethiopian history, as well as live music performances by Ethiopian musicians. And to tell us more about the Africa Institute, and their exciting upcoming programs. I'm joined by Dr. Salah Hassan, director of the Africa Institute. He is an art critic, curator, and author, and is the Goldwyn Smith Professor and Director of the Institute for Comparative Modernities and Professor of Art History and Visual Culture in the Africana Studies and Research Center and the Department of History of Art and Visual Studies at Cornell University. Welcome to the show. Ahlan Ahlan Musahlan, thank you so much, Sally, for hosting me and your program and for the opportunity to speak directly to your audience. Well, this is incredibly exciting. We are now seeing the first uh, season, the first scholarly season and cultural season at the Africa Institute. But I'd love for you, Dr. Salah, to, to give us a background on the Africa Institute itself. Some people might think that this is a new thing here in Sharjah, but actually, this was established way back in 1976. Yeah. The roots of the idea of the Africa Institute goes back to 1976. Uh, and it is because of the interest of the uh, ruler, uh, His Highness uh, Sheikh Sultan, uh, she- uh, Dr. Sheikh Sultan bin Mohammed Al Qasimi, who in 1976 uh, called for uh, a scholarly meeting uh, that, is, uh, that included. Uh, about 45 scholars from Africa and the Arab world, and it's called the uh, Afro-Arab relations. So he has that interest long time ago. One of the recommendations of the, uh, that conference on Afro-Arab relations in 1976 was to establish an institute that focused on the study of the relationship uh, between Arabs and Africans. And at the time, that was very important considering uh, the Israeli-Arab war, the considering the uh, African overwhelming support for the Palestinian cause and for the Arab cause. So it was a conference that's really brought together a great group of scholars. Actually, most of the names that we know today in the uh, 
African and Arab or Middle Eastern studies were at that conference. Uh, so the recommendation was to establish such an institute. So fast forward more than 40 years, uh, the idea came back, but this time is to establish an institute for African and African diaspora studies. So Africa here is perceived globally within the mission of the uh, institute, which has been decreed in the summer of uh, last year, 2018. And the institute basically is a higher education institute. Uh, it's a postgraduate study. That means it's going to offer PhD, master degree, and also diploma in African languages. Uh, it will focus on the humanities and social sciences. And it will also have a focus on Afro-Arab relations, which we may perceive or conceive as a, a PhD specialization or a master degree. But we're also thinking of offering other type of courses that can appeal, for example, to the diplomatic community for, or the business community who are interested in doing uh, work or business or uh, being delegated to, to uh, diplomatic missions in Africa. Uh, that is one aspect of it. It's also a research institute. It is also an archival place, it has a library. Uh, it's also a think tank that will think about Africa, its you know, history, its current political situations. and its, So this is the background of the uh, institute itself. Mm. So, but if we talk about our project leading up to the uh, like beginning of the institute and launching it as a real you know, study with faculty and so forth, uh, we are hoping that the building which is actually commissioned to be designed by the very famous uh, or well-known uh, architect, that's a Ghanaian-British, that is Sir David Ajaye. We uh, actually had his brother. He was in attendance last year. Oh, yeah, he's Peter Ajay. He's a great DJ. Yes, very well he is. Known in he's the amazing. British scene. So yes. it's a very talented family. So David actually delivered a beautiful design that is will transform the building of the older the, the space where it used to be occupied by the older municipality and the africa hall with a beautiful campus that will have places for phd students faculty administration art galleries restaurants and and many other things so if you wish for me to talk more about the activities, I'm happy. But I uh, would love that so yeah. much. But I just wanted to, to kind of say it's incredible to see something like this coming up uh, because uh, last year you had the concert series to kind of uh, launch the Africa Hall itself uh, featuring, uh, it, we are going to be talking about Ethiopia and the importance of Ethiopia, but Malatu Astatke uh, was, was there, the father of Ethio Jazz, and his concert was electrifying. It was an incredible moment to have him playing there and, and just to show us the power of this culture, of this history, of this art. It was epic. It was something that I and a lot of other people hadn't experienced before. It's interesting because a lot of people think about music, uh, African music as something closed, as a closed system. But the reality is, uh, like other aspects of the uh, African music uh, in the continent or abroad, it's highly diasporic and it's actually almost like a circle that's moving back and forth. So jazz, as an, as an African-American form or genre actually influenced music in South Africa, music in Ethiopia, even in Sudan of the 1970s and 60s. So jazz has been very popular. So yeah. the new jazz that you see performed by uh, 
by Astad, Maulato Astadki, and also will be performed on Saturday by, oh, sorry, on Friday and Saturday by Alamayo Ashete. Uh, is that kind of hybrid form so incredible that grew up in, sorry that developed within Ethiopia itself yeah. the amazing thing is you know I did interview Mulatto uh, Mulatto when he was here and mm. he was talking about the way that it, it, you know Ethiopia is referred to as the cradle of mankind you know, it, it is uh, even in the musical form you know that the musical instruments that originate there and that mm. have been taken everywhere else in the world the kind of dancing the kind of you know, it's it's phenomenal to think that it kind of all originates there. So actually, this this will help me just at least to give you a background about why we chose Ethiopia. Because a lot of people said, well, there are more than 53 or 54 company, sorry, countries in the continent. Yeah. Why Ethiopia? First, it is part of the Nile Valley civilization. It's considered the cradle of, of human civilization where early, where the early humans walked and walked out of Africa. Uh, so we thought Ethiopia has a significance of being one of the earliest nations, you know, as an empire that is consolidated empire. Uh, it evolved into a modern nation. Its history has been riddled by crisis, but also riddled by great achievement and transformation that could be a source of reflection and inspiration for the debate on modernity. Yes. And tradition. So Ethiopia has of these things intertwined. It has its political crisis, war with its neighbors, mm -hmm. independence of Eritrea. But at the end, these are all uh, exciting, you know, development uh, historically for historians, scholars and people to think about. There's something else that is actually interesting for the Arab and Muslim uh, audiences or, or scholars in this part of the world is that Ethiopia is very close. It's only the Red Sea. They have histories of migrations back and forth. And it's also significant that the early converts to Islam has been sent to Ethiopia seeking asylum there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is at the time that it was called Abyssinia. Yes, uh, the Prophet Muhammad so, yeah, he sent his uh, early converts to the king of Abyssinia and yeah. said you will find peace there with him. Which is yeah. quite extraordinary. So and, and this is something, it was documented in the Quran as well. Definitely. So th these are the kind of things that we think that the audience here uh, will uh, be inspired by, so to speak, and also think deeply about Africa. So, so Ethiopia has been, is, is a good example to begin with. It sure it, is, yeah. yes. Absolutely. In addition to the wealth of its tradition, in addition to the wealth of its arts, uh, in the visual, in the literary, and all of those, which will be highlighted throughout the program. We're very excited by this because uh, as well as having a very strong history, there is uh, so much that Ethiopians today are creating that is just dynamic. It is exciting, whether it's in art, it's in music, whether it's in academia, uh, so many different areas. And the Africa Institute is going to be highlighting this. We're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Salah Hassan next here on Life Beat. This is Pulse, Pulse 95. 95. 95. It's a Sharjah story. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95.
We are talking the exciting new program uh, that is going to be launched by the Africa Institute uh, this coming weekend. In fact, you're going to be hearing uh, the artist behind this fantastic tune. Dr. Salah Hassan is the director of the Africa Institute. Who are we, who are we listening to here? Well, thank you so much. Uh, let me just give you a brief uh, background to the conference itself and this whole season on, yeah. on Ethiopia because it, the idea originated during a conference that we held here uh, at the Africa Hall, which is basically to launch the Africa Institute itself in uh, you know, kind of the last week of uh, September last year. And the title of the conference is called uh, Global Africa, mm-hmm. African African Diaspora Studies in the 21st Century, to which we actually invited many uh, colleagues in the field of African African Studies uh, from the continent, from mm-hmm. Ethiopia, uh, we invited people who represent the University of Addis Ababa, the Institute of Ethiopian Studies from South Africa. We invited people who headed the Humanities Center in Cape Town and also in Johannesburg. Uh, we invited also uh, the director of African Studies in Ghana. So our selection was deliberate to start to use the opportunity to initiate a collaboration with Africa-based universities and institutions that are working within the same field. And so the idea of Ethiopia started then. We've commissioned uh, three colleagues, uh, an Ethiopian who is a literary scholar that teaches at the University of Pennsylvania, that is Dagmawi Wopshit, uh, who is in the English department at, uh, in Philadelphia, mm. and uh, Elizabeth Georges, who's an art historian, a very prominent one at the University of Addis Ababa, and Surafel Wendu, who is also a specialist in performance studies. Uh, at the Institute of uh, Ethiopian Studies. They wrote a proposal. We worked together on, uh, you know, kind of uh, tightening it and making sure that it uh, translates into a program mm. that will be appealing to the public. So one of the aspects of the... Uh, there are several, you know, fields and genres that we are going to tackle within the season. One is, of course, the launching, which will happen this weekend. That will be a, a lecture on Ethiopia's history and its current conditions. Uh, that is historically, literary, and also just thinking about Ethiopian diaspora, which is also a very significant uh, aspect of Ethiopia, especially mm-hmm. after the uh, uh, the end of the uh, Haile Selassie's uh, empire uh, and the beginning of what is known as the Derb movement. There is a lot of Ethiopians due to the war and the uh, basically crushing of the civil society itself migrated all over the world. Uh, and that diaspora is in and of itself is, is a very important aspect of the Ethiopia, uh, of current Ethiopia is politics and so forth. So many agents, many factors play a role in what hap- what's happening in Ethiopia uh, here. So the, we will start this weekend with that kind of with this lecture, which is on Friday. That will be followed by performance of uh, jazz, uh, classic jazz, Ethiopian jazz, and uh, the people who lead the. Uh, Singing aspect of it and composition are Alemayo Ashete, who is from the generation of Mulato Astatki that you who, mentioned. Yeah, who we're listening yeah. to right now. And then a younger uh, woman with the name Beit Lehem, who has an amazing uh, magical voice. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I hope your audience, you yourself and everybody are invited. It's actually the entry to the, all the events are actually free and open to the public. That's on Saturday as yes, well. Yes, yeah, on Saturday too at 9 uh, o'clock, there will be the sec- 9.30, there will be the second performance by the same group. Hopefully they will do another set that's different. It will be appealing to people who attend the first day too. Uh, but 
continuing with the program, there will be a film series that will highlight uh, major uh, filmmakers from Ethiopia and the diaspora, or the Ethiopian diaspora. There will be also uh, a theater. Well, th there will be a reenactment of uh, a play written by a very well-known uh, Ethiopian playwright, the late uh, Segai Gebremetin, mm -hmm. who wrote an adaptation of Bertolt Brecht, uh, Mother Courage, and he called it Wreckage, Ethiopia's Mother Courage. And it was actually performed in Ethiopia. There is a young man, um, I say the late, of course, Segai, because Segai died uh, in the early 2000s, in, in, uh, unfortunately, in New York. Mm. Uh, so there is a, this young professor who's uh, named uh, Sorafel Wendo, who's one of the people that we collaborate, will we reenact, will uh, we'll stage a reenacting of it. In, uh, in, uh, hopefully, it's a, it's, a, it's a great play. I read the text because it reflects on what's happening today in Ethiopia, but also related to the past, mm -hmm. taking clues from the past. And then we'll end, which is the most exciting part of this whole thing, is moving to the scholarly one. In March, there will be a great conference here around Ethiopia as a modern nation uh, of, with ancient roots, uh, thinking about Ethiopia historically, thinking about Ethiopia, modern Ethiopia, thinking about how issues of modernity in all aspects of life from education to music and so forth, and also as a program of the state during the Emperor Haile Selassie, who is known to be, has a great interest in education and modernization. Uh, so we will tackle all this aspect of, uh, of, of the history and the current uh, situation in Ethiopia itself, and in all, all, all kinds of fields, all kinds of genres and so forth, from the visual to the literary to the historic to the sociological and so forth. And this conference conceived as two parts. Yes. There is one part that will be held here, and the second one will be in May mm. in Ethiopia itself. And that's very important for us at the model of working. We always wanted to have uh, a two-way traffic, as, yes. as I call it, a two-way exchange of knowledge. And that will also help us strengthen our own program, but also have roots in the African continent. And hopefully, we repeat the same with other uh, institutions in the continent too. That's absolutely vital, you know, making yeah. sure that there is that dialogue that is going mm -hmm. on uh, all the way back to, you know, Addis Ababa as well, uh, coming to Sharjah here as well. Uh, but, but talk to us about, in terms of uh, the significance of Ethiopia today, you know, where are we when it comes to Ethiopia uh, in terms of where it wants to go in the future? Ethiopia is an, an, is an interesting place, even though historically there was a conception or, or a view or a perception that it has never been colonized before. But that is, according to some historian, is also a myth because uh, not being colonized uh, doesn't mean that you not suffer from the impact of colonialism mm. as an African nation. There was a short occupation. There were several. There was the British Empire when it tried to invade uh, Ethiopia in the late 19th century during Emperor Menelik II. And also in the 1930s, there was the Mussolini, uh, uh, the Italian fascist invasion. And so all of these had their impact actually on Ethiopia history, uh, the history of resistance, the history of involvement of African diaspora. I don't know if you know about this, uh, that is actually, it is African-Americans and global Africans. There was a, a huge Pan-African outcry and actually a volunteering in fighting fascist, uh, the fascist invasion of Ethiopia. Yes. So Ethiopia itself as a nation has galvanized uh, the imagination 
of Africa, because even from biblical time, there's a mention of Ethiopia, but especially among African-Americans, Ethiopia holds a special place. Mm. In Jamaica, among the Rastafari, it is always considered a place for deliverance. When um, Marcus Garfi, the great Jamaican uh, and African-American as well, when he said, look back to Africa in the 19th century, he said, look back to Africa when a black king shall be crowned. That is the day of deliverance. So Ethiopia holds also a place in terms of reconceptualizing slavery as a diaspora, similar to the Jewish diaspora, but this, so where the concept of exodus and deliverance had been reshaped to fit the African and the black condition. So among African-Americans and among Jamaicans and other Caribbeans, Ethiopia hold a special place as a place of pride, as a place of history, and so forth. So, but the significance of Ethiopia today uh, had so many aspects. First of all, it's a place that is um, multicultural, multi-ethnic, multilinguistics, and that instead of being a source of pride mm. in terms of celebrating difference, at some point it became a polarizing thing. So there was a lot of ethnic-based conflicts where the Amhara group for a long time had been the most dominant during Haile Selassie and after. And then with the coming of the uh, Tigray liberation movement, that is Melo Zenawi and so forth, things have shifted. Yes. Uh, that regime, which is the, the continuation of his, is the uh, President Abiy Ahmed, who I will say some few things about uh, that are highly positive, that there was a policy of ethnic federalism that has been adopted. Mm. So... Uh, that is where the the, uh, the states, the different states, has, will be divided according to ethnic, you know, formations and majority. That is uh, that's a model of federalism that have been contested yeah. by many Ethiopians of all, you know, especially those who think about Ethiopia as a nation state. Is that how do you forge a nation, a nation out of several nations? avoiding the issues of land and, and so forth. So that has been, that will be actually a test, a case study, and a test because the problem of diversity and how to manage it across Africa has been a source of crisis rather than a source of celebration. You think about Sudan is a big example where we should have held the country as one. Uh, unfortunately, we lost it during al-Bashir regime in, you know, in, a, in a deal that really devastated both sides. Mm. Look what's happening in southern Sudan exactly, and yeah. look what happened in the north. Although what's happening in the north is now a great source of optimism because it, it, you know, kind of it, uh, it became a model for a peaceful democratic revolution that actually transformed the country. And what we hope really we will move forward as a, as a country and become a model for the rest of Africa. That change doesn't have to be violent. That change can happen from the bottom up. That change can also be civil and peaceful. Uh, Such so important themes that you're talking about yeah, here, yeah. you know, harnessing the strength of diversity rather than seeing it as a weakness and something that is uh, divisive. We have yeah. so much more to talk about sure. um, in terms of the, the program that is uh, coming up at the Africa Institute. Dr. Salah Hassan is here with me on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse95.
Talking all of the exciting things that are happening at the Africa Institute right here in Sharjah with the director himself, Dr. Salah Hassan. Uh, Dr. Salah, uh, you uh, were talking just now about the, the significance of Ethiopia, not just uh, in historical terms, but what it means for the continent, what it means for the world. And it's all uh, so I- important and uh, exciting. Um, uh, something that I, I said to you off air is is that we really need to, um, uh, the rest of us need to think about the significance of Africa, you know, mm. we, which is why the Institute is so important. The significance of Africa in everything in our lives, of how it's shaped everything in our lives, from art to music, culture, whatever it is, the African continent has played such a vital and important role which is why, you know, I feel so passionately about what you're presenting. Well, thank you so much. So you see, Ethiopia also, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention is the significance of it as being the birthplace for the continent itself, the birthplace of the African uh, organization of uh, the African Union, mm. which is now, but is Organization of African Unity, which was when established in the 60s. Uh, so it is important in that sense. That's the birthplace. That's where the African Union now is, is you know, is there and it's uh, an important organization for at least overseeing the unity of the continent and the strengths in it and and so forth so that is one significance of it the second one is that the role that actually at uh, the african union plays now in the and the importance of it in in managing or resolving crisis in the continent in the context of uh, sudan uh, with the recent uprising yes uh, the african union played a great positive role mm. and actually under the leadership also of uh, ethiopia of abi ahmed many people are excited all over the continent of seeing a young leader who is actually leading his own country to reconciliation which he started with with the, uh, with the eritrea. eritrea yes and then played a very positive role in mediation the problems in sudan the le- recent crisis and that accounts for the warm welcome and reception in Sudan when he appeared at the signing of the agreement between the military council and uh, uh, the forces of freedom and change in Sudan itself. He was really, and I wouldn't be surprised to see lots of uh, newborn Sudanese with the name Abi Ahmed, especially yes. that it is also a name that is popular. Uh, in Sudan. So uh, th- these are some of the excitement as a young leader, as a, an Ethiopia that is back uh, on the world stage playing some positive role in the continent. And this uh, is the, the, the exciting thing as well, you know, for Africa, for uh, Ethiopia, for Sudan, we're seeing young people who are leading incredible Mm. change. You know, thinking of the young woman, um, I've actually forgotten her name, uh, who stood on the car. Yeah, that Ala Ala Salah. Yes, Ala Salah. You're not uh, kind of... not my daughter. No, not related (laughs) at all. Uh, But, you know, this is the incredible thing, and it's so inspiring to see that Mm. young people are leading this change. Definitely, and especially women, and that is is very important in terms of Sudan. But, But it's actually not strange. A lot of people are surprised to see this within Sudan. Sudan has a long history of a civil society. Mm. Uh, you have to remember that Sudan got its independence as a parliamentary democracy. Yes. Uh, Westminster style, as people say. Uh, but also there were uprisings that are actually peaceful. Like 1964, the October Revolution. Uh, there was also 85, the rebellion against uh, Nimeris, mm. uh, military rule. And, and then this one. So there is a legacy of, of, of peaceful 
uh, protest. There is a legacy of, of uh, efforts to, to make change at that. You know, So that's what's interesting about it. Yeah, It is very interesting. Uh, coming back to this weekend, though, we're mm-hmm. going to be seeing uh, some fantastic music. We're going to be seeing art as well as uh, part uh, of all of this. An image that I'm looking at right now is from uh, Aide Molune. It's called The Distant Gaze. Return of a Departure, a stunning, stunning piece of work. Talk to us about that. Aida Muluni is a younger Ethiopian uh, artist who actually grew up in Ethiopia, left at a very young age, grew up in Canada, but Mm. also in the United States, and decided to return back. So what is really interesting about Aida, besides being a formidable artist, very daring one, and great in the photographic medium itself, uh, but it's, she's also an active uh, culture, you know, maker in a sense that she is one of those people who intervened uh, in the Ethiopian art scene. She established what is called uh, Addis Photo Fest, which became very successful biennial of, of photography that is not just only African, but is also global, international one. So she has been part of this cultural scene, really enriching it and infusing it with a amazing young energy that made Addis becomes, you know, the place where people go for certain activities. Um, her career uh, uh, will be featured as part of this. Uh, so I will be curating a show for her at the Sharjah Art Museum. Uh, that's a collaboration between the Africa Institute and the Sharjah Art Foundation to do this and, and the Art Museum itself to do a retrospective of her work that is let's call it mid-career, mostly representative of different. So the series that you talked about is really a, a great series that is about the issue of water. Mm-hmm. So the images that you just looked at that we're using in the press release is part of those. I mean, really uh, amazing work that looks about the problem of water, uh, which is, of course, uh, a serious crisis that will be perhaps source of major conflict in the continent or in it's other places. It's a global places. crisis, really, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So her photography focuses in different series uh, along these kind of issues that are either global or also Ethiopian focus. Uh, and they and because of her role in um, Addis Photo Fest, mm. she will be curated the second part of the exhibition that will be featuring a survey of modern Ethiopian photography from the days of the empire, sorry, uh, emperor, Haile Selassie, because as I mentioned too, he was actually an amazing modernist because at that time there's a series of photographers who are actually foreign, but some of them were adopted by the royal family, especially Armenian. There's an amazing Armenian diaspora there as a result, of course, of what happened to them in Turkey uh, at the turn of the 20th century. Uh, many of them resided there and many of them have been talented. You see this all over the place in Sudan, in, in, in Egypt, in many places that photography always had this Armenian aspect of it, which is uh, interesting. So there are those photographs that will feature. Then there is other photographs that she will select from the Ethiopia archives uh, leading up to contemporary. And she will infuse that with other African photographers who participated too. Well, we are incredibly excited by all of this. It is all starting this weekend, launching this weekend on the 11th and the 12th of October, Ethiopian Ethiopia, Modern Nation, Ancient Roots. And uh, it's uh, launching 
uh, a whole season that is lasting all the way until May 2020 next year. You're still going to be unveiling the incredible uh, building, the the the, the uh, faculty building uh, as well for the Africa Institute. There's so much more to come. Uh, some great conferences. We're very excited. You are an ocean of knowledge, Dr. Salah Hassan. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I mean, I think it is great just at least to highlight what the, the program for your audience and all are invited and you too and your staff and I hope you will see you there. Thank you so okay. much. Uh, we definitely need to be there and we uh, need to give a big thanks as well to uh, Sheikh Ahur Al-Qasami who is also the yeah. president of the Africa Institute uh, because uh, she's also bringing her vision to this and you know being uh, the, the director of the Sharjah Art Foundation as well and, and bringing all of that together too. Young one must credit her definitely as a, as a visionary. Uh, she is, uh, you know, beside the Africa, sorry, beside the Sharjah Foundation, beside the museum. Also, her role in, in really uh, making Sharjah, you know, a place that many people come to for uh, fresh talent, new talent, and the biennial itself, which has been really, in my view, better than Venice and, and many other, because it's really built on a different model that is not just nation state, that is not focusing on a star, but actually giving the chance to younger generation to become a star. Plus also that the idea of the African Institute, actually she's one of the really enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic people for it. And from the beginning, actually, she played a big role in having it uh, happening. A big thanks to her and a yeah. big thanks to you. Thank you so much. There is so much to come. We're very excited to see it all happen. And lots more to come right here on Life Beats in the next hour on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.